With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, as we get back here to local sports uh, for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. Our first and only guest in the first hour of the program, John Bowenkamp, will join us toward the bottom of the hour. Uh, catch up with the uh, recap the big four college basketball wise take a look at the Hawkeyes their uh, first media uh, availability with the football program is today more on that tomorrow with Scott Dockerman will join us uh, on Tuesday's show and then at 11 o'clock we will get into our first of daily looks at one of the air quote local Major League Baseball teams today. Brian Walton, our friend from the CardinalNation.com helps us out with the National League Central favorites uh, the St. Louis Cardinals at 11.05. And then Kerry Miller uh, from, from Bleacher Report will be our final guest in here. We will talk about what we saw over the weekend in college basketball. Uh, not a lot of intrigue, a lot of blowouts, uh, with the exception of the Alabama-UCLA game, which was incredibly entertaining. Um, but um, not a lot of buzzer beaters and anything like that, Trent Connor, but it was good, uh, good nonetheless. And maybe I'm in the minority? I love the format. Uh, the individual games not overlapping each other. Four of them on Saturday. Likewise on Sunday, two tonight, two tomorrow. Your thoughts? Uh, not a fan. Not not a fan. And again, maybe this is my curmudgeonist coming out once again. I just like the way that it was. I like the overlapping Sweet 16 games on Thursdays and Fridays. And if one of the games stinks, you can flip over. There's mm-hmm. no flipping over. No. Nope. There was no trying to find a good moment. You were stuck watching as your eyes were bleeding. Oregon State Loyola <laughs> yeah. in the first half. There was no, well, at least got another game tipping off here pretty soon. That was tough. You got an hour and a half before you get another game You to know, tip the off. only nit I would pick uh, would be the fact, and I think it was after the Oregon State Loyola game, there, there, was one, there was one of the games between game one and two that there was like an incredible, like an hour and 15 minutes. Well, that was yesterday between. Was that what it was? Yeah, between the first game and the Michigan uh, yes, you're 100% right. Because I yes. went over, and the best game of yesterday, and yes, I include that UCLA-Alabama game, was the third-place NIT game. That was... <laughs> I didn't even know what was going on. It, it was on ESPN, and I just happened to flip over there, because I'm like, this game really doesn't tip off until 4 o'clock? Yeah. What's CBS doing? I what? know, that was a mistake. I don't get it. I don't... The format, again, it's probably just I don't like change, and I'm used to it. You can argue that this is better, and we'll see tonight. You'll get to see both these Elite Eight games tonight and tomorrow in prime time. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But then even the West Coasters, I mean, they, they draw the short end of the stick. Well, especially tomorrow, Trent. Yes, where you 
today, Oregon State playing for their first ever Final Four. And it starts at 4.15. Mm-hmm. And then two teams from the West Coast tomorrow also right, start at 4.15 Pacific. And it doesn't make any sense because if you're a fan of Michigan, you're in the Eastern Time Zone. <laughs> right. And your game tips tomorrow at 10 o'clock your time. Right. Meanwhile, Gonzaga tips, as you mentioned, at 4.15 Pacific. But it's and about I get it's TV Michigan. Yep. It's, it's about eyeballs. Yep. I get it. Um, and UCLA. I mean, two yes, iconic no brands. No question. USC and upstart Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. A new kid on the block. So mm-hmm. that's the reason for it. doesn't make it right, but it's also the reality. That's the way that it is. Uh, favorite game of the weekend was what? It was Alabama-UCLA. Uh, the, the, we finally get a buzzer beater. Well, Arkansas or Oral Roberts was pretty good, that too. That was... That was the most entertaining game mm-hmm. of the weekend. I, I'm with you there. I guess I was, yeah, I was just going to you yesterday more than anything. But you're right. No, that one on Saturday, I think, was the best of the uh-huh. bunch. And Boy, the kid had a shot, didn't he? Why well, do you yes. say his name? It's not a, it's A-B-M-A-S, but it's Acemus. Acemus. Uh, I mean, and he's so good. And he had such a great, mm-hmm. he's been such a great player at Oral Roberts. And he's got, a, he's got a look. And that's all he can ask for. And it rims out. Oh, I thought it was in. I, I thought, thought so it was too. In. It was right on. Yeah, and just a touch short. Oh my gosh, that was that was terrific theater. A 15 seed was a whisker away from advancing to the elite eight. Were, are we going to see that of 14, a 15 going forward, getting to an elite eight? Yes, I think I think we're it's close, changed. right? I think it's changed. Uh, I I read, uh, I think it was at Yahoo, Thamel, Thamel, Pete mm-hmm. Thamel. Um, Pat Forty, I don't know. Well, he's Sports Illustrated, so I don't know where I saw this, but their take is that because of the federal investigation into college basketball funneling kids with the shoe money, etc., mm-hmm. they think that that has schools finally um, looking over their shoulder a little bit. Okay, and that might not be conducive to the blue bloods getting whoever they want mm-hmm. the shoe companies placing their guy at, the, at one of their air, air quote schools and they think that maybe the playing field will level a little bit we don't see Kentucky we don't see Duke we don't see some of the marquee names in the tournament this year and therefore potentially uh, going forward that that might be the case that we may that the that the difference between a 2 and a 3 and a 14 and a 15 isn't as large as it once was. Well, you buy you, it? I, I do, and you couple it with what we see in the quote-unquote free agency world, where oh god, guys don't have to sit out anymore. Uh-huh. And you get a kid that, well, like the big guy that announced last week, he was a five-star McDonald's All-American, seven-footer, but he's leaving North Carolina. What if that kid ends up, he says, I want to play in a small school. I'm going to go to UNC Greensboro, whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. That's not going to happen, but... All of a sudden, one of those guys makes a decision to go to a mid-major and how much more that gap, yeah. how it closes. Right. Or somebody watches Oral Roberts that's transferring, one of the 1,200 names in the portal. I want to go play with that kid. Is it up to 1,200 now? <laughs> I, 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 I'm just throwing a guess out but there. You know, you, I bet you're not far off. Right. I bet you're not far off. But I want to go play with Ace. Uh-huh. That guy's awesome. I uh-huh. want to go play with him. And all of a sudden, Oral Roberts, not just Jeez. a favorite in the Summit League, but... And and how those teams, how quickly they can build in that direction. So no, I I think that this absolutely is going to be not the norm. This isn't going to happen on a yearly basis, but these stories are going to continue. I told you the stat uh, from earlier in the tournament: fifteen seeds just winning a game. There were four in the first twenty rounds. There's mm-hmm. been seven 
over basically the last dozen. It's It's been a huge change and a difference of just the way we see these 15 seeds even have a chance to compete. Well, UCLA plays in the play in uh, opening night of yep. the tournament, and, and here they are uh, playing for an opportunity to get to the Final Four, which is absolutely incredible. Gonzaga yesterday over Creighton. Um, USC now will face Gonzaga. Trent, I was... That might have been as... Shocking's not the right word. I didn't see the ease that USC dispatched of Oregon coming. I thought that, you know, we had to wait for it till the very end of the uh, eight games that played this weekend. That was the one I was looking most forward to, and it was the very last one of the week. And I thought Oregon, after what they did to Iowa, was going to give USC all they wanted. In fact, I thought that they would beat them. I was dead wrong. Matchups. And this is the one thing we talked about all season long for Iowa Matchups can be a problem for this team, and that's what played out here. Oregon was an awful matchup mm-hmm. for Iowa. USC was an awful is an matchup awful for, matchup yeah. for Oregon. Right. These two teams played earlier this year. USC won by 14. They play here. USC wins by 14. Well, I didn't see the, the game that White and Edie had coming. I mean, right. And, and when Oregon doesn't shoot it well, uh-huh. USC shoots it at that yeah, that's what's going to happen. Right, it's a blowout, and you can go to bed early. Well, I mean, Trent, the guards had sixty-three combined points against Iowa on Monday. Uh, Duarte got his, but Figueroa and Richardson combined for nine points, mm-hmm. which is a huge, huge difference. Figueroa was two for twelve; he couldn't miss against the Hawks. Yeah, if he goes two for Monday. twelve, we're talking yeah, about I, Iowa I in the was Sweet Sixteen last night. Yeah. Right, that's <laughs> again matchups, mm-hmm. and and that kind of goes down the road of the continued bickering that that I'm seeing online. Fran McCaffrey, the Iowa program, is this the ceiling? It's not yeah. the ceiling. Because very well, this team next year is not going to be good as good as this year's team. They're not going to be a two-seed. But they could end up in a draw like UCLA had. And you know what? All of a sudden you look, and BYU, that's not that difficult. And, boy, we match up mm. well with that two-seed. And you're playing it in a lead eight. Not having the better team, but having... For a lot of people, the better season just because of a couple of matchups that break your way come NCAA tournament. No doubt. Uh, well, we'll get them again tonight and again tomorrow. And, and again, I for, for one, well, what else are we going to do on Monday night or Tuesday right. night? There well, normally none. this is what the NIT usually has, I think, that are yeah, championship. You could be right. Or maybe even the semifinals. No, I think, it could, I think you could be right. It might be the championship. But we've got uh, Elite Eight games tonight and tomorrow and can't wait to get them going. We'll have to wait until 6 o'clock, but hopefully they're intriguing and uh, come right down to the end. So how did you do betting-wise? Did you figure them out? Uh, I tried to middle the Creighton game yesterday. I it got up to 14 at one point, so I'm, I, I just I think there's a lot of value in Creighton. Obviously, that was dead wrong again. Uh, because Gonzaga is so good. But then I bought it back. Because what did it end up? 18 they won by? 18 they won by. One time I think it was like 26, 28. And I got it live at 17 and a half. So I tried that mm-hmm. middle. Missed it by a half point. <laughs> Treading water is where we're you at. Know? But I bought, doing that contest with the, the Bet Rivers folks. And one thing that I've been kind of adding throughout is some futures. And I added another one yesterday. At the time it was before Gonzaga played. Baylor. Gonzaga or the field. I already have Gonzaga a little bit, a couple of different times, futures at basically two to one. This one now is like minus money, but do you see anybody else to win this thing? Mm, the way Michigan played defense yesterday, but they're on Gonzaga's side of the bracket. Baylor's coming out of the right side. I, I just, I don't see who's going to, I think Baylor will kill Arkansas tonight. Kill him. Kill him. Mm-hmm. The number is seven, seven and a half. Mm-hmm. I think it's a gift. I really do. do. I, I honestly feel the way Baylor has ratcheted up their defense. Trent, they look like the team that was 
Remember there was a couple of weeks there that Baylor seemingly was closing the gap on Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. It was Gonzaga, gap, Baylor, big gap to everybody else. And do you remember that we talked about seemingly Baylor's and Gonzaga, not maybe on the same plane, but very, very close. Absolutely. Baylor's playing defense again. And they didn't do that when they came out of the COVID shutdown and the way they're just eliminating teams on the defensive end of the floor. I don't see anybody beating Baylor. Now, admittedly, I've watched very little Houston and this game tonight. Oregon oh State, Houston. This is a non-conference game. You wouldn't think about flipping on. <laughs> no, you really wouldn't, would you? Oh, let's go to the uh, <laughs> yeah. Battle for Atlanta 7th place game. Oh, that, that's that, what kind of, that kind of feels like that, yeah. doesn't it? It's on ESPNU at yeah. 2 in the afternoon on Thanksgiving. Like, I'm not going to watch this garbage. Right, what are you right, talking right. about? There's got to be some kind of football on, right? Oh, man. But uh, that's, no. Uh, so whoever, yes, Baylor's a cinch. So I like your bet. I do like your bet. I think USC will play Gonzaga tough. Mm-hmm. I think the Zags will prevail, but I don't think, I mean, the number's nine. It is. Did you think it would, I mean, I thought. I, I thought it would be a tick lower. Oh. Basically, every other game, seven and a half, I thought it would also be seven and a half and it's a little surprising. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a little more investigative work on that one because you're right. It feels a tick higher than you'd anticipate. Gonzaga, just the way that there was that stretch yesterday where Creighton played as well yes. as they can. Yeah. Well, they score eight out of nine possessions uh-huh. or something like uh-huh. that, and they're still just battled back to even. And then just like that, a snap of a finger, mm-hmm. and the Zags go on a run, and they can beat you so many different ways. Uh, Zagorowski was incredible in yes, the game. He was. Single-handedly tried to keep him in, uh, keep him in the game, but it was just uh, Gonzaga's just got too many guys. So your Baylor. Yes, the defense is back. Mm-hmm. But that offense still has ugly stretches. Mm-hmm. They were down by seven at the half to Villanova. Oh, I know, but they weren't down long. They weren't, no. And they came out right away. It's kind of like the start of the uh, the second half of uh, the Alabama game yesterday. They were What were they down? A dozen? 14? It was like 40-29 at the half. Yeah, 11. So that <laughs> came right out of the locker room. Jeez. Tied it up very quickly. That's still, I guess, my pot. Because you got to score to beat Gonzaga. You're not going to shut no, that team down. No, nope, I agree. And if we do get what feels inevitable, Baylor, Gonzaga, can Baylor score enough? Mm. And also look at the teams that Baylor played. There's not a great offensive team they've seen in a long time. The last time they've seen a really good offensive team, it's been a while. And because of that, that's where my pause still is in putting Baylor even on that tier. I think Gonzaga's on their own tier. I just think they are head and shoulders above everybody else. And that's going to play out kind of, speaking of Villanova, like that Villanova team, what, four years ago, where, uh, well, maybe this, no, and they they win seemingly every single game by double digits. Kind of feels like, at least to me, that's where we're going with the Zags. Uh, What did you think of Michigan yesterday? The way they just shocked. I mean, I was stunned. Trent, I think other than the Gonzaga game, I would have been one in three yesterday. One in three. Yeah. Because I, as I mentioned, I liked Oregon. I thought Florida State would give Michigan everything they want. In fact, I thought they would win. I did too. And I loved Alabama. I loved Alabama. And I thought at, the size of Florida State against those smaller right. guards of Michigan. We know no livers. It just how. And then they come out. They shoot the ball incredibly mm-hmm. well early on. And talking about defense and the way this team plays defensively, they play at that level. They got a shot against everybody too. I think. In fact, they might be the team defensively. That can hold up against Gonzaga. It'd be in the first, it'd be in the final four. It'd be next Saturday, mm-hmm. but that would be the team because of Dickinson inside yep. what he can do to their post players, mm-hmm. especially Timmy, and those guards though they're not real big. That's the thing. Gonzaga, Abaji, 
Suggs, they're not huge guys. We're not talking about the length of Florida State where it's going to be a problem for Eli Brooks going up against a guy like that. And now I'm now I'm starting to love Michigan. I don't like this one bit. Yeah, uh, look, at there, there's Ayayi was hitting his threes yesterday. At least he was early in the basketball game. Nemhart, where did he transfer from? The SEC, Florida. Florida yeah, uh, that, that guy would start for 98 percent of teams in the country. <laughs> But he goes to the place where Jalen Suggs is going, so yeah. he comes off the bench and he's excellent. No, he he was he was terrific yesterday. Um, what did you think of the uh, the uh, review, the replay in the Alabama UCLA game with the ball going off? Uh, whose shorts did the ball go off? Um, regardless, yeah, up on the wing there, right? Uh, Petty, was it Petty? I think it was Petty. Is that so that's not a replay? That's not what replay was was uh, introduced for. It just wasn't. Now you could going back. Jaquez kicked it right, mm-hmm. and he clearly kicked it, and it went between. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Petty's legs, but the cloth on his didn't his leg. It hit the overhang of the leg of his shorts, mm-hmm. and they gave the ball to UCLA because of that. That's not what you put replay in for. And to, to delay the game for that length of time and then to come up with the adjudication that, you know, he kicked it, but he kicked it off of Petty's shorts. You know, at, it hit a piece of cloth. At the time, the NFL, when they were doing replay, and they went to the timed replay, where you only had a certain, I think, was it two minutes? Is all you could look at it underneath the booth when the official went over. And at the time, I hated it. And now, more than anything, I want it back. And I want it back for any I, level, I, I, um, a clock, okay. where you can yep. only look at it a certain amount of time. Right. And after that, the screen goes black, right. and you got to figure it out. I like it. I, I, you're right. It just deadens the game, mm-hmm. and it makes it so bad. The NBA, which we'll start getting into here soon, yep. but when you watch it, though, their replays are quick. They go over, they take a couple looks, and if they can't change it, they're going to stay with the original call. Well, if you don't see it the first four or five times, it's not like on the sixth, miraculously, what you're right. looking for is going to appear, right? If it's not there times one, two, three, and four, you look at it, move on. Make the call. Get back to the game. And I just hated it, Trent. I just hated it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The The football equivalent, we always hear, it has to be, what, clear, concise, yeah. and over to overturn. There's nothing clear or concise about that. When you have to slow it down to that minutia and uh-huh. how they... They also zoom in so much, and in, you can't see it because it's not enhanced very well, and, and on and on and on. No, that's not the letter of the law. That's not what the intention was. Like you said, I, I'm with you. There has to be a better way, and I think the best way, you go over, you get a couple of looks. If it's, nothing's different, it's not clear, you just go with what you originally called, yep. and you move on. Yep, and the original call, I think, was the ball went uh uh, off Jaquez's foot. Anyways, uh, so, okay, mixed results, I guess, from the weekend. Two mm-hmm. really good games, one Saturday, uh, the overtime game. But, boy, oh, boy, UCLA just stuck it to them in overtime. Opened up, what, they started in a 5 or a 7-0 run, I think, and Alabama just couldn't recover. The shot at the end, I mean, the play at the end, to get the ball inbounded uh, the way that they did. Yeah, boy, that Quinterly's fast. Yes. Good God. What a lightning bolt he is. The wild thing about UCLA also to me is this is a team that lost Chris Smith during the year. They're, they're best player. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a huge argument. Something I didn't realize I heard last night in one of the replay shows was they had a five-star McDonald's All-American top 10 player nationally committed to them, but he decided just to go to the G League instead of going really? to college. Took the money, huh? Yeah. So he, he went that route as mm-hmm. we're hearing more and more guys do. Mm-hmm. You have that. So you think, all right, 
we got this guy coming in. It's going to be great. We got Chris Smith, a building block. And yet here they are in yeah. the Elite Eight again. Mick Cronin, Cronin guy, good coach, Trent. took a lot of crap. Yep. And people did not like that hire because UCLA, they swung for the fences mm-hmm. and they came up empty. But they got a basketball coach. And they got a basketball coach that knows the X's and knows well. Recruiting at UCLA, not the most difficult place, right? No, I would think, right? It's been a long time since they were on top. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's UCLA after the university. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Um, you would think. We will, uh, at 10.30, get uh, some Hawkeye conversation going. Now, depth chart's out. Uh, and I get it, Spring. But you know what? We haven't had a football depth chart since uh, since the middle of December. So for that reason, a little pumped up to see that. We'll go over that with John Bowenkamp. There is some uh, buzz that um, that Iowa State is going to complete their listing of assistant coaches here in the next couple of days. Uh, maybe Kyle Green is going to be the guy. We shall see and watch that very closely. What does that mean as far as his son? Not certain, uh, but uh, the, there's a, some buzz that uh, T.J. Otzelberger is very close to announcing the completion of his staff. Let's get Jack in here uh, as he wants to opine what he saw this weekend. Jack, how are you? I'm good, guys. Uh, I was just uh, listening to your comment about uh, the UCLA-Alabama game. Yep. Um I'm originally from Southern California. I am a huge UCLA fan. I hate SC. <laughs> um, the uh, the UCLA player did not kick the ball. The Alabama player actually bounced the ball off his foot. If you watch the replay close enough, but my wife and I watched it like every time they replayed it. Yeah, but it went and, off his foot, and, right? I mean, it, went, it clearly went off yeah, Jack was his yeah. foot. Yeah, it clearly right. went off his foot, and if it brushed his um, shorts, pant leg, yep. or short leg, yeah, yeah, went off his shorts. Yeah, as Chick Hearn would say, that was a ticky tack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it you was. Know, it... Um, I, even I said that was ticky tack, and the ball should have stayed with Alabama. Um, as as much as I love UCLA, just. <laughs> For them to spend almost three minutes reviewing it's that, too long. Yeah, it's just too oh long. Oh my gosh! Come on, guys. Yeah, and then I think was it Jones that got the ball? Then you so so UCLA gets the balls. They go down. They miss. Alabama comes right back down. And I think it was Jones and Riley just hacked him on the arm uh, and play on. Uh, you know what? Basketball is incredibly difficult to officiate, but that was a hell of a yep. game in uh, UCLA. Alabama had no answer for them uh, in the uh, in the extra time. Jack, thanks for the call. Good luck to your squad going forward. All right, thanks. Yeah, guys. and I appreciate you. you. Listen, oh, sorry about that. I cut you off. I thought you were done. Uh, Mike is next. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, isn't uh, Rua once the boss kicked off your foot, boss? right? Yeah, it not, has to be yeah, an intentional kick, does, though. Right, and it I has think to be intense. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think Jack just okay. um, reminded us that yes, the ball was dribbled off his foot, and therefore that intentional kick, I mm-hmm. would think, would not imply uh, at this point. And another question: that point guard for UCLA, that Tiger Campbell. Yeah, the charge Tiger at the Rapids. end. He's what? From Cedar Rapids, yeah. kid. Yeah, he's from he's that. from Cedar Rapids. Yeah, but he went to ball. He played at a um, private school in Indiana or something like that. Never played high school ball yeah. in Cedar Rapids, but that's his hometown. I didn't know that. 
So, uh, Mike, thanks so. for the call. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, um, did Did you see the play that I'm talking about? At the end, yeah. the winning basket. Mm-hmm. I mean, Campbell clearly runs over Jones, right? I thought so. Yeah. That's an offensive foul all day long. the The Tiger Campbell story is an interesting one because, yeah, he grew up in Iowa. His dad played at Luther. Played D3 basketball here at the state. I did not know that. And as he was going up, because he was incredibly highly regarded yeah. as a youngster, he was, I remember seeing, I think he was maybe in sixth or seventh grade, he was the number one player in the country as a sixth or seventh grader. Uh-huh. And he was still in Iowa at the time. But then he went, I think it was the Lumaire School in Indiana, in Indianapolis, that he went to, big basketball factory there. And I think it became pretty apparent, too, that he was going to be a big-time national recruit, and he wasn't going to stay close to home or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But he's been a guy that's been around and talked about for a long time, and look at that. We, we get some kind of local connection with Absolutely. the guy every he's time. Got, he's got a great head of hair, doesn't he? I mean, boy, oh boy, <laughs> Tiger Cat. I had no idea. Uh, he's quick. There was some, there was some speed uh, at the guard position on the floor last uh, last night. Fun night. Fun night. Now, the, the uh, last game could have been a little bit more entertaining. I, I thought Oregon was going to play him tough. You did. I See, just did. That was one of the few that I had right. I loved USC. Yesterday was a difficult day. Like I said, I had Gonzaga and missed the other three and yeah. wasn't even close. Uh, Ray's uh, going to join us and, uh, as soon as I hit the button. Hello, Ray. Welcome. I'm going to change the subject from one NCAA to another. Fire away. Did you, see any, did you see any college hockey this weekend? You know what? I didn't, and I wish I would have because that game went until the middle of the night. Uh, and now there's three Minnesota teams playing for in the uh, Frozen Four, and I did not, Ray, and I, and I wish I would have. Yeah, that five-period overtime was uh, that was that was a hard game to watch. It just now, did you make it till uh, the end? Oh, I watched the whole thing from beginning to end. And it was kind of a greasy goal that ended it, right? I mean, that seemingly they, yeah. when they get to that late, there's it's not a pretty goal that decides it. Now, the reason I'm calling is the St. Cloud State Boston College game. Yeah. You have to get on YouTube and find the goal. I don't know how you punch it in. Yeah, garbage goal, trick goal. It's something to see. It's incredible. Uh, and what game was that again? Tell me again. St. Cloud State, Boston College. All right. I think it was Boston College or Boston University. One of the two Bostons. Okay, I'll look for it, Ray. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for calling. Got a lot Did going you see on. any? I just highlights is I all didn't. that I saw. And we didn't even touch. Did you watch the Iowa UConn game at all? On, yes. On you know, Saturday? and you know what my takeaway from it was the end. Yeah. Caitlin Clark being called over by Ariema. Mm-hmm. I mean, unbelievable, right? Yes. And she would, look, the, the, the two freshman guards were really good. They were, yeah. And, and they weren't great early. No. Uh, Trent, I watched more women's basketball in this last, I don't know, week mm-hmm. eight, than I have in my entire life combined. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I, I do too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, it's not going to, I don't know how it plays out on talk radio, mm-hmm. right? I've right. always, it's a niche. Right. A, we try to niche. play the hits here. Mm-hmm. That's why we don't talk NBA. Uh, that's why we don't talk a lot of hockey, and I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? I think it's growing. And then you see the commercial for, is it CarMax? Which one? The Steph Curry's in? Oh, uh, I, I gotta, you got to see it during the break. Okay, all right. And it's got, it's got over a million hits. I, the women's game, the women's tournament... It's had a pretty good run. Yes, it has. I think for the first time, and again, this is unfair of me because I, I haven't paid a lot of attention, but I think there's a lot of people like me that for the first time maybe ever mm-hmm. turned it on this year and will do so in the future. And when you have K-12 
Caitlin Clark coming back oh, for three geez. years. Right. When you have another year at Iowa State yeah. of, of Jones. Ashley Jones. Yeah. When you have those kind of kind of building block pieces, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to get mm-hmm. on board from the beginning of the year yeah. and create a little bit more excitement. And it's a slow Wednesday, and we're, well, what's tonight? Maybe we'll flip on BTN yeah. and, and watch that game a little bit more. I've told you before, I, I have a little more personal stake there. My One of my roommates from Iowa, his wife works for the women's team. So I always keep a closer eye, I know, than most. But they're fun to watch. And, and when Caitlin gets going, Jesus. she's incredible. My favorite thing, my takeaway, UConn didn't even feel like they played that well. No. And, and, and just crushed. And they won by 20. Right. It's a pretty big gap, isn't yeah. it? And even when it was a 10-point game there, what, Four or five minutes left, mm-hmm. and then they go on, what was it, mm-hmm. a 7 nothing run, and it was over. But UConn doesn't play well, and they still win by that much. Right. But Gino, as you said, pulling Caitlin Clark well, over. That was a terrific moment. But then what she said afterwards, and Caitlin talked about... Oh, the, in her interview at the yes, podium? Yeah, I watched that too. Where she came to Iowa because she wanted to do something special somewhere else. She didn't want to go. She could have gone to Stanford, UConn, Notre Dame, where everybody assumed she was going to go to Notre Dame. She could have gone to those places. She wanted to do something special, and she wanted to do it in her home state. Aren't you taking that little clip and you're sending it to every recruit in the country? And what she has generated here, yes, you can go to UConn and you'll probably win a national championship. Mm -hmm. But as you said last week, Caitlin Clark needs another Caitlin Clark or two. Probably two. For to Iowa, get to a Final Four. Right, to, for, for them to belong on the same floor. Yes. I mean, look at the difference. And it's, it's crazy. You're 100% right. UConn didn't play well. The other freshman, not Buchers. Paige? The, oh. Yeah. Did you see the picture last night? Did you know this? That her, one of her best friends growing up in the Twin Cities area? Jalen Suggs. Yes. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Um, yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, 10.30, Miller and Cond. John Bowen Camp will join us next. I'm sure we'll have to do a little Dodgers at the end. By the way, Jock Peterson. Yeah. Can we kind of poo-poo? I get it, spring training. Kind of the same guy as Schwarber. You see what he's doing in spring training? You're looking at spring training stats? I know. We I need am. to get the regular season I here get, pronto. Well, we, it'll be here before we know it. It'll Thursday. be here Thursday. Oh, so excited. So we're going to do a different uh, one of the local teams. Uh, t- take a look, a good look at the... I don't know. Do the Blue Jays qualify? As, <laughs> no, they're not local. Okay, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. You would have said something like the Brewers. Yeah, the Brewers do. All right, we got to help our Wisconsinites out there. Well, we'll do the obviously the Cubs and the White Sox and the Cardinals and the Twins and the Royals, and if we have time, the Brewers. Blue Jays. <laughs> No, I won't do that to you. 10.30, Miller and Condon on a Monday. John Bowen Camp next in the 11 o'clock hour. Brian Walton from thecardinalnation.com on the Redbirds. And then Kerry Miller from Bleacher Report. We'll recap, we'll preview. So if you had to vote right now, they came to you and said, Trent Condon, Mm -hmm. it's up to you. You like this? Elite 8, you want to keep it? Sweet 16, Elite 8 overlapping into Monday, Tuesday. What are you going to do? I'm changing it back to the way that it was. And another reason for it. In a normal year, I get this year isn't normal. Your team makes the no, final this four. This year is going to be more normal than last year, Trent. Right, right. But it, when normal, I get is, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And your team qualifies on Saturday or Sunday to get to the final four, and you're looking at plane tickets, and you're figuring out how to get there oh, and how I we're going to get tickets. Now your team wins. Well, for but Michigan. what if the what if the Sweet Sixteen is in one place? They're talking about that. I don't like that either. The regions through the regions, and then you get. I don't know. I like Indianapolis was pretty cool. It was. There, there, that was the perfect place mm-hmm. to do it. 
I hope it's a one-off, though. Yeah, it's kind of the Mecca, right? Well, and selfishly here in Des Moines. Uh-huh. I mean, when do we get that, next year? Two, I think. Two, I think it's two years. 2023. Okay. Uh, we'll take a timeout. John Bowen Camp is next. Miller and Condon underway on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And 11th through the 13th for the boys. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3. On the FM dial, we take you until noon. Some Cardinal conversation to kick off hour number two. And then Kerry Miller from the Bleacher Report. Right now, our friend John Bowen Camp joins us. We go around the uh, four locals, uh, dot I's, cross T's, put that season to bed and take a look ahead. Uh, the Hawkeyes spring football has begun here today. John Trent, oh, by the way, it's opening week in baseball. And you bet it is. This Dodger fan is excited about that. Not the one you speaking now, the is. one who's going to join us, right? John, how are um, you? Time to go get, time to go get a second trophy. All right, slow down, slow down. It took you over 30 years to get the last one. Which is crazy to me. just a few months to get the next one. (laughs) You could be right. You could very well be right. Uh, The team is absolutely loaded. But back to Trent's point, John. Sure. You know, I just, if if somebody would have bet me that in a bar or something, that how long has it been since the Dodgers won? I never would have said that long. Come on, that's crazy that it was that long between uh, championships. For that franchise. They've had, I mean, they had a lot of good teams that just yes. didn't win, you know. And um, there was the L.A. Times did the, the one of their their Dodger newsletter thing did a where they ranked all these division winning teams from best to worst, and they actually ranked the 2017 team the best one of all of them mm-hmm. that didn't win. Of course, mm-hmm. they were cheated, right. but it's um, true. But I mean, but I mean, there was, I mean, you know, I mean, there were a couple. I mean, there were some really good. I mean, that 2018 won, you know, a hundred and some games, and then just got knocked out in the first round, you know, by a team that ended up winning the World Series mm-hmm. or 2019, I guess. So, so I mean, anything is is possible at this point, you know. And and it's, you know, now that they've won one, and and you know, I now. Go get another one. So. All right, so I want to I want to stay local with you, but I do want to finish sure. up on the Dodgers. What's the What's the biggest concern with this Dodgers team? Who's picked by everybody uh, to represent the National League? Uh, what What's the biggest concern? There's 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 not a lot of weakness there. No, there isn't. I, I think my biggest concern is that the, the been there, done that. Okay, well, you know, okay, you won the title. Now what do you do? You know, well, mm-hmm. you know, the mindset has to be you're going to go win the next one. And, you know, I think back to that 2017 team that lost, that should have won. And at the beginning of 2018, they struggled in those first few weeks. And then it just felt like, you know, you still had a hangover. You can't have a hangover. I mean, you know, and they, and I feel, you know, I mean, they start out, they've got four games in Colorado to start the season, which is like the absolute worst place, even as bad as the Rockies are, the absolute worst place. You just don't want to start out with a hangover. Just, you know, start anew, you know, start fresh go for the next one and that's going to be that's my biggest concern is is there going to be a hangover is there going to be a complacency i guess you know so i mean i think i think it's mental more than anything else for me speaking of hangover it it feels like maybe a little bit of a hangover here for the iowa men's basketball season yep frustrations online the twitter fights seem like they're becoming maybe more and more intense because you have a faction that believes the Iowa basketball program should be 
better than what Fran has right. built him up to. That getting a two seed, that was great. Losing the second round, not good enough. When you look at just an overview, the program where it is and where you see it going into the future, where are you at? You know, I, I mean, I like the direction, and, and I know everybody's mad about what happened you know, a week ago today, and I understand that. But when you look around this tournament and you look at who's left, I mean, if you would have told me, you know, in early March, UCLA's in the lead eight. Right. You know, if you would have told me, and, and, and if you would have told me Oral Roberts yeah. was a Sweet 16 team that was, that was a good shot away from making it to the Elite Eight, you know, I would laugh about it. I mean, you know, Illinois got dumped in the second round. You know, Iowa got dumped in the second round. Ohio State didn't even make it out of the first mm-hmm. game. You know, and it's just, when you get into this tournament, and I mean, there is a lot of parity in college basketball. And you have to be, in this tournament, you have to be either at your best every game or you have to get lucky. And last Monday, Iowa was neither. You know, they didn't they didn't get some of the breaks in the first half that, you know, I mean, they had some good looks in the first half, didn't make shots, didn't have any. These things happen. I mean, they very easily could be playing tonight to go to the Final Four, very easily. But they're not, you know. So, but as far as the future for the program goes, I you know, I mean, I like where it's at. I mean, I like this young group of players. You know, I think there's there's a young group coming up, and and again, the transfer portal makes it very easily to find, makes it very easy to find help if somebody does. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I like the foundation where they're at right now. I like I like these young players coming up. I, I think you saw them play this year. You saw them do good things, and they're only going to get better. So I mean, I it, it's going to be a young team next year. It's gonna there's going to be some growing pains with guys in new new roles. But I, I like where they're at, this program is at, and I like what, what they've got coming in. Uh, John Bowenkamp is our guest. John, the uh, rumors are that uh, Kyle Long is, is leaving you and I uh, and is uh, about to be named at some point early this Kyle week. Kyle Green. Uh, what did I say? Kyle Long. <laughs> yeah, now Kyle Long's going to play football. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah. a chief. Kyle Green is going yeah. to be a cyclone. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently he's coming by himself. That's what we're hearing, that A.J. is staying with you and I, which I hope is how it happens. Uh, but sure. just your thoughts of what's going on there. Jacobson looked around. I get it. It was his dream job. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and now Kyle Green is uh, is headed to Iowa State, apparently. Well, I think, I, I think it's a place where I think he, Kyle Green wants to – I think he wants to be a part of that staff, and it's cool. And if A.J. stays, that's even cooler. I mean, that's, that's a good thing for you and I. I you know I I liked kind of where you and I was at at the end of, of the end of this season, um, you know and 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 then you know things happened down at the tournament they didn't get to play Drake and, and you didn't get to kind of see where they were you know what they could have done that night, um, you know I again it's a program I think that that may have been a little bit of transition a little bit and that, and that's going to happen especially you know when you get down in the, in the conferences like the Valley. I understand why Jake looked at the job. I mean, like you said, that's that's a place where I, I I've always thought he would end up if he did leave somewhere. But for whatever reason, he's not. You know, he's back. He's a good coach. I, I think he's. You know, again, the transfer portal can help out a lot of teams, and they mm-hmm. need some help. He can go find some experience, and you can turn that around pretty quickly. Let's go to the other team in the MVC, Drake. Mm-hmm. We saw the emergence of Yesifu. Which... I'm worried about yep. your your little, not a rumor, but right, your right. take that you threw out last week. Well, he's an Illinois guy. Yes. There's, there's going to be people sniffing around, I'm going to have, after what we saw oh, sure. from him. 
you bring in Tucker DeVries, who is a top mm-hmm. 100 player. I don't know. Last top 100 player probably was in the 60s that went to Drake. you, you got to yeah. go back a long, long time from the last time that happened. It feels like all the pieces are there. How do you think DeVries fits in, though? How Tucker fits into that squad with basically everybody coming back? Well, I mean, when you look when you look at the end of the season, that rotation was pretty small. Mm-hmm. I mean, I there I mean there were guys playing forty minutes a night and 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 all that. So I mean, I I think you you he finds I think you find a place for him very easily. And I think you know again, there's going to be some transition probably. And like you said, somebody may leave, somebody might get a better offer. That's we're going to be seeing a lot of this coming up mm-hmm. in the next couple of years as this, you know, as, as the transfer portal and and the rules changes and that sort of thing happen. But this is the core of this team is still pretty good, and I and I think they make another run next year regardless of what happens. But you find a place for him. I mean, I, I I think you know that rotation expands a little bit, and maybe you're not playing guys. 35 minutes, maybe you're playing them 25 or whatever, and maybe you're a little fresher then when you get down the stretch. Uh, John Bowenkamp, iowacollegehoops.com is where you can read uh, a lot of John's in-state college stuff. So let's do Iowa State. Uh, T.J. Otzelberger, I get the hire. Uh, I get his strength. It's recruiting. It's opening doors. It's it's having connections. John is uh, if there is if there is upwards of two thousand kids that put their name in that transfer portal, and it seems to be headed uh, to that number. you're, there, there's going to be options there. This is a team, a rebuild under TJ Otzelberger that, yeah, it's not going to be, you know, it's, it's not going to be Monte Morris and George Niang and Mitru Long, uh, right off the bat, but they're certainly going to win some games in conference next year with TJ Otzelberger because of all the kids, uh, and the changeover that this roster is likely to undergo. Yeah. And again, like I said, you can, you can find help and you can find experienced help, you know, veteran help. You can find, and, and, you know, Iowa State is is a good program. I mean, that's you know, you're going to be playing next year in front of a full house again. You know, you're going to be back to being what they kind of were in terms of the fan base. You know, with, with Hilt Coliseum, Hilt Magic, et cetera, et cetera. There's a draw there. There's two draws there. That's one of them. the other one is there's playing time. Yes. And so I think there's a lot of guys out there that, that I think he's going to look at, and they're going to look at that program. And and you can you can get a quick fix now, and then start building your recruiting base again. Start you know start getting the in, start getting the in state kids again. Start getting you know start start working into the Midwest again and finding some of these guys that that you were able to build on in the last few years. And so I I, I, I like the hire. I thought it was a good hire because he understands the culture of the program. He understands what it takes to win there, having been there. So. Um, I think it's a good hire. I think you can be, you can find help right away, and then that that kind of builds that that foundation then for what you want to do now, two or three years down the road. Quick hit on the women's game: we see Iowa in the Sweet Sixteen. Iowa State a whisker away from being there themselves, and a lot of talent mm-hmm. coming back. You and I, women, make the NIT Final Four. Pretty big accomplishment for Tanya Warren's squad. And Drake had their season come to just a weird end. Uh, they yeah. went to the women's yeah. NIT. Yeah. They had the pod system. They lost a game, then won a game, and that's how they ended with a win. <laughs> but women's basketball in this state, it, it is at a very high level. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you, think, about, you think about where that Iowa team is going to be at next year. I mean, you've got your entire starting five back. And you have two. You have you have probably one of the best post players in the nation in Monica Sonano, and then you've got Kate Caitlin Clark, and you're bringing in a top twenty five recruiting class. You know Iowa State has almost everybody back. You know again, like you said, you and I, Drake has has a foundation there. 
and they all play each other too, which is cool. Yeah. So I mean, I think next year, I mean, I, I think you, you know, could could you could you conceivably get four NCAA tournament teams out of this? Definitely. Could you get a Final Four team out of out of Iowa State or Iowa? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I I, I think next year with women's basketball in this state, I think people are really going to take a lot of interest in because it's going to be very good at, at at all levels. I think. John Bowenkamp, uh, John, as always, we appreciate you coming on IowaCollegeHoops.com. Opening week, always a fun week on the sports calendar. We didn't even touch on football, and we'll do that in the weeks ahead. Thank you, John Bowenkamp. Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yep, good, good, yep, good to talk to you. John Bowenkamp, uh, iowacollegehoops.com. We never touched on football. Yeah, and uh, we, starts out. we hear from Kirk coming up here at 1230 this is afternoon. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, we'll recap that with Doc tomorrow. He's mm-hmm. going to join us about 1130. Our friend Scott Dockerman of The Athletic. Did you look at the depth chart? Did you see anything? I did. Um, Biggest takeaway would be what? Where is the pass Jesus, rush going to come it from? It sticks out like a sore thumb. The secondary is solid as the day is long. Linebacker mm-hmm. crew to love him. But Trent, you couldn't be more bang on. Yaya Black, that dude better be the stud that he we've been hearing be. about. And he has to be a guy that not just a run stuffer because he's playing D tackle. Mm-hmm. He's got to get pressure. Yep, he's got to be like Davion Nixon was up the middle because Van Volkenberg's a night. He's a good try hard guy. Yes, he's not an elite speed guy off the he edge. He made more plays last year than I thought he, he would. And Wagner, same kind of thing. He's not a speed guy off the edge, but it's his time, Trent. It's is, his time. Is there somebody waiting in the wings though that maybe a little bit undersized right now? Well, we saw the Evans kid from Ames. Mm-hmm. But he was you could, he's a specialist only. He's not a three down defensive. I end. like him though. So there's depth there. Yeah. Need to find more than that though. Ooh. Because That's, their secondary is stout. The linebackers they make plays. Defense will be good. Offensive line will be good. Uh-huh. Wide receivers? Yeah. Tyrone Tracy, yeah. come on down. Right. It's your turn. Nico Regani. It's your turn. No, but time I mean, to catch those balls. Kids, yeah, both of these kids have ability. Flashes. Yep. Laporta is a really nice tight end. I'm with you on the offensive line. Of course, uh, they should be able to run the ball with Goodson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Petrus took steps mm. forward in November. Not I'm sure he took enough. He took steps would forward. Would have liked to have seen them. It, it was impossible to go backwards. Though. True, but I would have liked to have seen them play, obviously, Michigan mm-hmm. and in the bowl game right. because I think that would have, uh, I'm not saying it stunted his growth not having those, but it would have been uh, another couple of games for him. How we'll big see. is the game? Is, is this really a competition? That would be my question At for At the her. quarterback position? Yes. He, he's yeah. going to say the right things, but yeah. in reality, if you, Ken Miller, you get invited to practice. Can't say anything, but... Are you seeing a real competition for the quarterback job? or Well, no, Trent, because you started every game last year and you're back. Yeah. Right? It, it's This is Spencer Petras' uh-huh. job. I mean, he's yeah. he's going to have to step all over himself That's in true. order for him not to be the starter now, come we, Indiana. Now, we will get to May or whenever this ends, late April, and there'll be no decision made. We're going to take this right into the fall. <laughs> but we know how it's going to end. Right. I think, I think, I think so, too. And you know what? I remember saying this, I don't know if it was October, early November, that there will be a legitimate quarterback battle come spring. And I believe that there would. But then I said that, and then seemingly Petrus maybe had his best games of the year right. at the end. And I'm with you. The bar wasn't set real high on the body work no, early. No. We're going to run out of time. We'll take a break, come back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KX and 010. It matters. 
right, welcome back. Final couple of minutes here. The first hour of the program. Begin hour number two with Cardinals Talk with Brian Walt, the CardinalNation.com. A little breaking news Des Moines Public Schools. East Hoover, Lincoln, North, and Roosevelt have uh, voted to leave the CIML beginning the 22-23 school year. Uh, they'll join Ames, Fort Dodge, Marshalltown, uh, Ottumwa, and Mason City. Right move for Des Moines Public. I think it's great, uh, Trent. It'll be there'll be a lot more competitive games, mm-hmm. uh, playing Dowling and Valley and the Ankenies and the Waukees and the SEPs. Um, they're not competitive. It, it's different. So there's nine remaining schools now in the CIML. The, basically, okay. the, all the suburban schools. Yep. For baseball and basketball mostly, but other sports too. I would guess you want to get to an even ten. So two divisions, either that or just have it, but you everybody's able to play a conference game. In your standard Tuesday, Friday, say for basketball, if you have 10. Who do you invite? Who's the school that makes the most sense? Um, so so let, me think, let me think about the area real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Norwalk. Yep. Um, Bondre and Farrar. Is it too small still? Probably not there yet. It's growing. Uh, DCG. Or are you just waiting for the third Ankeny school to open, which is... <laughs> I've been told continuously less than a decade away. Trent, the the, the I, what did I see? That was it the fifth fastest growing city in the United States is Ankeny. Ankeny. I moved there in '95. I can't believe the change since I've moved there. Think it's of the old time. Crazy. I know my wife grew up there. She's born and raised in Ankeny. And you got the other side of the interstate to develop too. And it is finally You're right. Our number two coming up. Brian Walton, St. Louis Cardinals, the favorites in the Central. We'll talk to Brian Walton to lead off our number two, 1460 and 106.3 FM.